Hi, I'm Bob Mould, and you're listening to WMNF, Tampa 88.5 FM. Hi, I'm Jennifer McTritus, Chair of the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Tune in to 88.5 FM and WMNF.org to hear interviews with our volunteer programmers, music you won't hear anywhere else, and informative news. Our Diversity and Inclusion Committee is excited to connect with organizations and individuals that support our local area. Thank you for keeping our community strong, and we want to help you make a difference. Let's do this together by emailing diversity at WMNF.org. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the well, opinions good morning, of the staff, um, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. Usually the information a bit of an intro, and he is not here today. Um, sorry about that. Happy Memorial Day. Today I want to celebrate the gift of life that our fallen soldiers have provided for us as a nation, as a people. From the very first soldiers who threw off the yokes of a mad king to those who died in 1812 when the king came back to take our nation back, to the brave and courageous souls that helped our nation overcome institutional slavery and to those who helped us throw off another European monarchy in World War I trying to dominate the world and again in World War II as we threw off the attacks of fascism on our world and through the last 70 years of relatively illegitimate police actions i thank those people for having sacrificed for our cause um, to maintain this nation they have provided us a lot we have a great nation and it's our responsibility as citizens to be aware, be alert, and be educated. And we are a nation under threat because education has been damaged for years and propaganda has been rampant for years. And as we all know, the pandemic has put a lot of stress on us and the mental health of our nation is in jeopardy. And there appears to be a, an abusive relationship between mainstream media and our government and our people. I want to talk about a term called gaslighting. Um, I have put an article about it on the uh, Healthy Steps website, or it will be there soon. But I want to talk about gaslighting. It comes from a 1938 Patrick Hamilton play called Gaslight and a couple of film adaptions or adaptations. A Victorian husband attempts to have his wife diagnosed as mentally ill after he um, deceives her on a regular basis. Um, he convinces her that she's hallucinating. And um, 
now gaslighting is commonly defined as a type of manipulation aimed at having a victim doubt their own judgment, perception, and sense of reality. This will cause a victim to question even their own sanity, leaving them feeling disoriented and confused at best, and desperate and depressed at worst. Gaslighting is the practice of trying to undermine a person's self-trust so that they no longer consider themselves to be a reliable source of judgment and deliberation. There is another important factor in gaslighting contributing to its effectiveness. The victim trusts their manipulator and may depend on them in some way. And thus they become attached and unable to escape this. Each of these strategies of deception, disorientation, and isolation and confusion is used in post-truth politics, and it's resembling um, the traditional gaslighting. And it is um, a difficult situation because we don't know where to turn when we're in this stuck situation. Um, so I have questions that have come up. Um, since I have been ill. Um, I actually uh, was um, uh, a victim of coronavirus. I had um, a two-day experience of acute flu and then five or seven days of fatigue and congestion. And now at day 14, I'm actually feeling very good. <clears throat> it took a while to um, um, really recover, uh, but uh, the initial um, flu syndrome went away rather rapidly. Um, I did treat with available medications, cheap, effective, generic, over, uh, not over-the-counter, but prescriptive medications that are for humans, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I also used a combination of multiple herbs and other interventions that are mentioned on the FLCCC website and the Institute for Functional Medicine's COVID response and other uh, readings that uh, have shown uh, to have very efficacious um, interventions. <clears throat> um, during the time I was actually recovering, I did a lot of reading and I have questions. It's, it's really, I, I've been um, really pushed to ask questions. And I ask, what, what's going on here with our communication? Why is it that the CDC would publish a meme that says masks work? However, they put an asterisk on it and say that the results are not statistically significant. Um, it makes me wonder why it is that they would do that when they refuse to say that ivermectin works even though it has better statistical significance than mask use. I put that link up. So you can look at the meme and ask yourself the question, what does this mean? Why do they say that natural immunity is not real when the CDC publishes graphs that show that prior COVID-19 infection history provides better prevention than vaccination. This is actually also uh, uh, published stacks.cdc.gov view 
slash CDC slash 113253. It's going to be on the landing page also. Why do they say that natural immunity is weak and limited? Yahoo Finance published that news brief based on an article that was published in Nature. I've also given you this reference. The Nature uh, is one of the the most prominent scientific journals um, on the planet. It is very uh, auspicious to get published there. They published a really good study. They titled it Limited Cross-Variant Immunity from SARS-CoV-2 Omicron Infection Without Vaccination. Well, what's really interesting is that Omicron only induced neutralization of Omicron, but no other variants, no other isolates could be neutralized by the Omicron uh, infection. The antibodies that the body produces to the Omicron infection. And it was repeated and confirmed again. They, They showed that no other variant of concern was neutralized. But rather than saying that there's limited cross-variant immunity from SARS-CoV-2 Omicron infection, why not say, which they actually have proven, robust immunity for the current circulating strain, but not for the strains no longer circulating? Because 99.06% of all circulating strains are Omicron. 0.94%, less than a percent, are other strains. So what are we concerned about? Why are we not actually saying that this is good? People have great immunity against infection from Omicron versus um, they don't have any immunity. It's a, it's a skewed reporting, I think. This is, this is propaganda-like deception. Um, and I've given you the, the, the link also to... Um, our world in data where they show exactly how many different variants are currently circulating. Again, I ask a question, why do they push repurposed failed drugs like remdesivir, which doesn't work to treat COVID? Studies have shown that it has less efficacy than hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. I've published that data for you. I've put it on the site. And worse, it causes adverse effects. It actually causes kidney failure, and probably some liver disease, but it doesn't work. So why are we using it? Could it be that the drugs are hugely profitable? I've given you a chart that shows you actually the cost. Hydroxychloroquine, both are more effective than remdesivir and cost less money. Why do they create pseudo-scientific studies? to specifically undermine the evidence of efficacy for ivermectin in the ITEC and TOGETHER studies. ITEC was published about two months ago, and they said, oh, um, um, this doesn't work. But when you look at the design of the study, the mean duration of symptoms was 5.1 days. We actually know that the Efficacy of ivermectin is related to early use because in 2005, there was a study published that showed that ivermectin stops the replication of beta coronavirus, which is SARS-CoV-2, COVID. Um, It stops the replication 
by stopping the importation of the genetic material into the cell. But at five days or even up to seven days, which is what the study was designed for, um, they've already actually imported the virus into the cell. So there's no point in using ivermectin at that point because basically we've already gone ahead of the disease. The disease has gone ahead of the, 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 the treatment. And I've referred you to some very eloquent um, um, information about this. Uh, Pierre Corey has done a great job of dissecting the iTech, the Together studies. The Together study, 200,000 people, I think, were involved. Once again, they waited. 56% of the participants had symptoms for four to seven days. So they've already gone beyond the first three days where you can prevent the virus from getting into the system. You're not treating it any longer. And so they set this study up and say that it doesn't work. But one of the problems is when you look at statistical significance in the ITEC study, there's a 70% reduction in mortality, 70% reduced death. But they use this arbitrary methodology of describing the um, um, statistical significance. The mask study had a statistical significance of about 81% likelihood as, as being real. I believe masks have some effect. 81% is still pretty good. That's a high C, a low B. But um, the um, um, efficacy of reduced mortality in the ivermectin ITEC study was a 91% likelihood. But science in medicine has arbitrarily decided that you have to have 95% confidence. 91% confidence isn't good enough. Frankly, when it's coming to life and death in a generic, inexpensive, and low adverse consequence medication, I think 91% is a pretty good risk to take. I'm not sure why the powers that be don't want us to take that risk. It's, it's kind of odd. Um, I've also provided a, um, a list of, of um, the very important studies that were done outside of America. And there's many, many studies. Uh, C19ivermectin.com has um, uh, many other trials uh, uh, listed there. And so the um, uh, nature of it is that, that the, the, these studies show that use of ivermectin is favored rather than use of the placebo. This means that we've been sold a, a bit of a story about this, a story that doesn't quite fit with what science is showing. But I just think that um, we need to identify the station. This is WMNF Tampa, and um, I'm awaiting some interesting conversation today. You can call the studio at 813-239-9663. You can email dj at wmnf.org or you can text 813-433-0885. This is 88.5 WMNF. And I just want to um, really be certain that we have um, um, everyone looking 
uh, what's going on here. I, I want people to be educated and I want them to read more about what's going on here because what I see doesn't entirely make sense unless it is purely profit that we're talking about here. I don't know how we can actually, um, um, you know, change um, this this situation, but um, from my perspective, we're really not getting the best of information. Uh, countries have done some really strange things also, like the travel restrictions. Um, from the get-go, the World Health Organization did not agree with travel restrictions. They really don't work. And now, if you see the countries that did the travel restrictions, um, Australia and New Zealand have huge amounts of um, surge. So their, their, their isolationism actually just delayed the inevitable. Um, one uh, estimate um, um, showed that there may have been um, a, a reduction in overall cases by 13 million by doing the severe travel restrictions. However, there were 600 million cases otherwise or more that were um, going to happen. We are still experiencing the pandemic. Um, it is still severe enough to cause illness. We are in a pandemic. It is not um, 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 turned into the common cold. However, Omicron is very interesting and Omicron is less intense a disease and it is much more transmissible. And so it's likely we're going to see um, uh, more surge and more people get infected. Some people think that we will get to 80% of the population um, having had infection uh, within the next year. It may take longer depending on how rapidly the surges go, but we're at 60% estimated already having had infections in America. That's getting close to herd immunity. Herd immunity is a term reserved for people getting vaccinations, but um, since we know <clears throat> that the prior infection history actually reduces your risk of getting a new infection, especially if it's Omicron. Um, it, it may take a bit longer um, because many people have already had infections. This is um, a real issue for us because education is the key and we've just really not had consistent education from the CDC. Um, even, even from Dr. Fauci from the start, initially he said um, uh, masks aren't effective and then he said they were. And um, um, we've had a lot of you know conflicting opinions, but the union of concerned scientists is the people that are putting out solid academic information regarding this pandemic uh, outside of um, mainstream media and the um, usual um, um, uh, government sources. Um, the Union of Concerned Scientists um, put forth a, um, a proclamation um, that they um, um, do not believe in many of the um, uh, restrictions. Um, they do not believe in um, um, the, the undermining of scientific trust uh, that has occurred because of following the money rather than following 
actual science and doing real public health. Um, 17,000 physicians and medical scientists from around the world have reached consensus on, on foundational principles about this, that they declare and the data confirm that the COVID-19 experimental genetic therapy injections must end. These are shots that were made for a virus that doesn't exist anymore. They still don't use the flu shot from 2019, 2020. Why are they using the uh, shot from um, 1920 for this one? Um, I'll read some more of these in the future, but um, Jeff has uh, a question and Jeff would like to know um, if there are any thoughts on the monkeypox. It's an interesting question and, and it really has not been fleshed out yet. There are too few cases. Um, one interesting thing that came up is that um, AstraZeneca's vaccine or intervention actually uses a monkey virus as the vector. They actually deactivate a monkey virus and then they put the mRNA into the monkey virus and then have the monkey virus you know, sort of infect humans and cause the immune response. Um, it could be that somehow this is related, but I haven't seen anything that actually specifically relates that yet. It's interesting that most of the cases occurred outside of America and came here and AstraZeneca was used outside of America. We did not use AstraZeneca in this country. Um, but again, we're looking at global climate change and global climate change is going to change the way we see infections because we're traveling around the world lots more and we're opening up areas of, of um, rainforest that have never been opened um, and, and we're exposing ourselves to all kinds of interesting um, zoonotic, you know, animal-based infections and other um, strange things. So um, really, uh, it's, it's an outbreak. It's not a pandemic. It's not even an endemic. There are cases. And I think it's still under 200, but I'm not sure. That was what I read uh, over the weekend. So um, other things that the uh, um, Global COVID Summit and Union of Concerned Scientists say is that we declare doctors should not be blocked from providing life-saving medical treatment. I have no idea why anyone would restrict the use of ivermectin. It is a human-approved drug. It is safe. Adverse consequences are minimal. And it is very, very inexpensive to use. Um, you know, remdesivir costs $3,000 and Paxlovid costs $700. This costs only um, a couple uh, uh, dollars uh, total. And so I'm not sure why we're not using it. Bob from Largo asks, um, he says that I've really got Bob's attention, the powers that be, the profit motive, and with this in mind, the anticipation of the future. Please keep analyzing. Yes, and there are many other people out there analyzing, Bob. Um, I've, I've, on the Healthy Steps website, there will be links to Pierre Corey's um, substack uh, uh, sub because he has done some amazing work. He's an academic. This is not BS. This is the real deal. These are doctors that know their science, that analyze the articles as I do. And we are all in agreement that there's something not right with what's being told to us. 
by the powers that be. Another thing that the group declared is that the state of national emergency, which facilitates corruption and extends the pandemic, should be immediately terminated. It is still a pandemic. We may go endemic, which means like a background cold in the future. But the bottom line is we don't need an emergency. We know what's going on. No one is confused. We know what's actually happening. We know how to deal with it. So there's no emergency any longer. We declare that medical privacy should never again be violated and all travel and social restrictions must cease. They just don't make any sense. We declare masks are not and have never been effective protection against airborne respiratory virus in the community setting. Numerous studies have showed that in public, it doesn't work. Masks work in a specific setting, in an in infection ward. When you have high concentrations, N95 masks really do work, but they're designed for a specific situation, not for running around Walmart. We declare funding and research must be established for vaccination damage, death, and suffering. Yes, I think we need to remove the protections that pharma has against malpractice and injury because it has occurred and we need to be able to seek damages as we do with every other intervention. We declare no opportunity should be denied, including education, career, military service, or medical treatment over unwillingness to take an experimental medical procedure, an injection of mRNA or other device. That makes total sense. Because why would we actually deny someone care, deny someone a job? simply because they have a difference of opinion about a medical intervention. We declare that First Amendment violations and medical censorship by government is completely against the First Amendment. And by technology and media companies should also cease. The Bill of Rights should be upheld. Doctors are being called disinformation spreaders because it doesn't fit the governmental propaganda narrative. I'm spreading information, not disinformation. I'm asking questions so that people can learn. My colleagues are doing the same. We have watched people improve with safe, inexpensive, generic interventions that are being denied large portions of the population. How many fewer people would have died had we used ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine in all of the high-risk patients in the first two days? We declared that Pfizer, Moderna, BioNTech, Janssen, AstraZeneca, and their enablers withheld and willfully omitted safety and effectiveness information from patients and physicians and should be indicted for fraud. They did this. We know they did this. We have the evidence. They have released. Pfizer has released the papers. They've been forced to by Freedom of Information Act. And so we know what's going on. We know what they're doing. And they're getting away with it because we have a government that by definition is fascist. That definition is a combination of capitalistic and socialistic policies, support for individual rights, individual profits, 
at the same time subsidizing corporate profit. This is our system. And the corporations make so much profit that they own our government and they direct our government what to do. We are on WMNF and I have a caller from St. Pete. I am not hearing the caller and um, I'm wondering if anybody can. So, um, as Greg and Clark work out how I'm going to be able to hear the caller, um, I will continue talking about the declaration. We declare that government and medical agencies must be held accountable. It's time. This is, this is time to end the fallacy, time to end the games. We need to know what's really going on and we need to have a discussion about it. So um, it sounds like um, the caller might be online now. Yes. Hi. Is this the health and nutrition program? Yes. This is Healthy Steps show. Okay. I'm so sorry. I must have been listening to your HD uh, station, um, actually, where they were talking about um, mental health in schools. Ah, yes. Um, I apologize for that. What's your topic today? Today is COVID. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much for your show, and thank you for covering COVID. I'm sorry to call into the wrong program. Um, I think it is important to cover that issue as well. Thank you. Yes, you're so welcome. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. So, um, yes, so this, think about these, these um, 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 declarations, these things that we've asked for, um, a, a group of concerned scientists, 17,000 so far have signed this. This is not small matter. This is a lot of academic doctors and scientists who are reading the actual answers, reading the studies and understanding what's not being said. That's the, that's the worst part of it. What's not being said. Um, but just to remind you, um, we have um, a, a, a phone line for you, 813-239-9663. You can email dj at wmnf.org, or you can text the DJ, 813-433-0885. This is 88.5 WMNF Tampa, and I believe Bob is on the line. Hi, how are you? Dr. Hey, Bob. Uh, Good morning. Yeah, appreciate your show today. Uh, Glad. The question that I have is, if I were to get sick and go to the hospital, could I request these drugs be treated with? Well, you could, but it's highly unlikely that you would get it because most of the hospitals refuse to provide these. Um, and the bigger systems have a wall. They will not do it from what I understand. Um, they've had, there had to be um, uh, several times lawsuits from families to make the hospital give the medication. It's really a bad situation. Uh Where would I go to get treatment then? So um, because of the nature of this, um, there are um, several um, 
clinics that are online. If you go to the FLCCC, uh, that's the Frontline uh, COVID Critical Care Group, um, of which I became a member uh, because they're providing excellent data uh, regarding these interventions. They have an entire protocol. They have a protocol for um, uh, both prevention and for treatment of the acute illness. They have a protocol for treatment of the chronic uh, COVID, and they also have a uh, protocol for uh, cleaning up after the injections. And so you can use those protocols. They have actually links on their website to national um, networks of doctors that are willing to prescribe ivermectin. And so there are definitely resources out there for you. And they will also prescribe hydroxychloroquine. I've had numerous patients um, that have accessed um, these systems. Uh, Dr. Pierre Corey, the um, uh, doctor who has been doing lots of the academic research and testifying before Congress on numerous occasions regarding this, he is um, also opened up an ivermectin uh, a virtual clinic. Um, and so there are, there are lots of people out there doing virtual clinics. And so it's not that hard to access now. Oh, all right. So I'd be able to get it filled at a pharmacy then? Yes, actually, um, um, certain pharmacies and certain pharmacists have a, um, uh, an ethical challenge here and they're denying people access to it. But, um, um, and I know that when you um, um, uh, write on the prescription that it's for inflammation and, and you don't write on the prescription that it's for COVID, then it's more likely to get filled by any pharmacy. Oh, okay. Very good. I'll keep that in mind when I... When and if I need uh, the the medication, I appreciate all the information today, Doctor. You're so welcome, and you know it's really likely that you will at some point need it because it, this is this uh, is highly infectious. It's spreading rapidly, and at some point we're going to have um, a a an endemic situation here where this virus has infected enough people. It's mutated enough that it's stepped down to a lower severity. This tends to be what viruses do. They're serious at first. They want to continue penetrating the population so they get less severe. Um, right. Viruses want their hosts to live so they can keep propagating. Right, right. Okay, I thought I had another question, but I forget. <laughs> okay, <laughs> call back if you have it. All right, I think we have someone else on the line. <clears throat> Is Simon available? Yes, good morning. I just tuned in and, and I, I'll be very candid. I'm quite surprised that you would be giving out this valuable information on WMNF. Uh, Why would you be surprised? Well, because there's a counter view of what some may think is misinformation. I'm a healthcare provider. I'm a dentist. I'm, yes. not, I'm not six feet away from people. I'm 14 inches away from people. Exactly. And, and um, I took ivermectin. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's outrageous that this government did not continue to allow people to have therapeutics, to be able to go to their physician, find out their vitamin D level, uh, increase vitamins as necessary. And what I would propose is just an exercise in thought. So many times you hear hospitals talk about how great they are at Tampa General for 
cardiology, uh, orthopedics, OBGYN. They're the tops in the nation and what have you. I've yet to see any advertisement of any hospital, local, regional, or national, saying we're the best at treating COVID, and this is right. our protocol. This is our protocol. They do not do that. And with all due respect to physicians, the third leading cause of death in this country is medical mistakes. And that being said, each patient is not being treated as though they are the president of the United States of America. Shame on this government for cutting therapeutics and monoclonal treatment to the state of Florida purely on politics. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. Um, uh, the the monoclonals um, did re, uh, lose their efficacy, but not not before um, uh, President Biden cut off the supply. Um, but the the real thing is that um, the monoclonals actually have less efficacy than ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and they were cheaper. One of the graphs that I post yeah. to the Healthy Steps site shows this that <clears throat> the um, um, the use of ivermectin is highly favorable compared to the use of the monoclonals and it costs, um, you know, a couple dollars. So, yeah, I think there's been a lot of subterfuge um, from our government. Um, they've been completely unclear. They've been completely deceptive. And <clears throat> um, the, uh, uh, in the guise of, quotes public health, um, it, it's been hideous um, the way these people have actually approached um, dealing with it, including vaccine mandates, which were completely unconstitutional and absolutely invasive. What's your What's your thought on the Hippocratic oath of do no harm? Um, I think that there are a lot of doctors who have actually been deceived by the system and they believe that they're doing no harm by doing this stuff because they've been convinced of the propaganda. And that's why I'm glad my show's on WMNF because WMNF is an independent voice of democracy. We don't have corporate interests here trying to control the narrative. We have a group of community uh, uh, people who want this information. They donate to this station and to this show to keep a community radio show or station alive. This is the only community radio station uh, of, of high power in the area. I love WSLR here in Sarasota. They are also community powered, but they're low power. They only go in like downtown Sarasota and the environs. But WMNF is a voice for the entire West Coast of Florida and internationally because we're streamed online everywhere. Well, I would think that the news and public affairs director would beg to differ with you when, when the news director will continually have physicians of the CDC protocol on versus what you are advocating. And I agree with what you're advocating. And many people do. I mean, 17,000 have so far signed the declaration. And there was another declaration earlier called the Great Barrington Declaration, which actually yeah. paralleled the World Health Organization and was against the masking and the, so, so many of the things. Um, and it's the a very similar group of doctors that have continued the research and continued to try to promote a rational approach to this reality. 
why, last question, why don't you think, well, this is a rhetorical question, why don't you think that the media would have, would have uh, <clears throat> brought to the public's attention the VAERS uh, analysis of the side effects of the vaccine? Um, it's, it's because they were in, from my perspective, um, they are indoctrinated by the public health system. The public health system uh, denigrates its own um, uh, site. The, the, the CDC doesn't really give credence to the VAERS system. Um, it's just there as a public distraction, possibly. I'm not sure. It's like a place where people can enter the data and nobody does anything about it because they really won't talk about what has showed up there. They, they, they talk about how these things are not confirmed cases. This is the, this is the public um, 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 banter on it. It's like, these are not confirmed. These are just reports. Well, considering that when you look at the reported adverse events for influenza vaccines for the same period that you see for the mRNA shots, and you see, you know, a hundredfold to a thousandfold more problems with oh, the mRNA shots. Why isn't anybody even talking about that discrepancy? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Why they won't they won't address discrepancy. Yes. Yes. So where do we go from here as a public when we're getting information that in essence is not furthering our ability to quote unquote get back to normalcy? Well, I have put up um, on the Healthy Steps site, I think it's going up later today when my, when my web guy gets to it, but um, <clears throat> there are links there that go to these other groups. The, um, I, I didn't put up FLCCC. I've been talking about that for um, two years. Um, but um, uh, Pierre Corey's Substack, where he tears this apart with academic articles and, and, does, and he has YouTubes and uh, congressional testimony. Listen to some of this stuff. It's real. I, I mean, some of the stuff is hyperbolic. I'm not a fan of doing lots of the YouTube stuff, but um, there is um, um, uh, uh, a guy named Del Bigtree. He has a, a thing called the High Wire. These doctors are able to go on his show and talk about this reality. Dr. Malone and Dr. Um, uh, Peter McCullough and um, um, uh, Dr. Lynn Finn and Dr. Mary Tally Bowden. Um, these people have been in the front lines working on this. And um, Mary, Mary Bowden was, I think, kicked off of uh, um, uh, Houston Methodist or one of those hospitals because she was treating COVID with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and whatever other protocols she was using. So it's a really difficult um, issue here, but I think going and educating and getting involved in the networks and joining the FLCC and joining the Union of Concerned Scientists, even if you're not a scientist, donate and read because these people are here fighting for your lives, fighting for your future. Well, I applaud you and I'll let someone else call. You have a good day. Thank you for your information. Thank you, Simon. Have a wonderful day. You as well. I think Clay is on the line. Greetings and good morning, Dr. Harvey. Uh, Hi, Clay. I hope you're, I'm glad to hear you're feeling well. And Thank you. I, I just want to say that, uh, you know, I'm very familiar with ivermectin from the standpoint that I've uh, had animals, horses, uh, cats, dogs. Ivermectin is one of the number one 
method of treating uh, parasitical infections in these animals. Yes. And, uh, and I, I, so I actually have ivermectin. And my concern is, and I've used it on myself. I've, I've actually contracted uh, parasitical infections from animals at times. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember going to a doctor once and asking him about it. And, and you know, there were little uh, pinworms under my skin or, um, you know, he's seeing it. He, he doesn't know what it is. And then he's just going to put me on his antibiotics and everything. I went home and I took um, uh, my, a two-day course, or actually over a week course of uh, ivermectin to serve my body weight. And, of course, it took care of the entire thing. And uh, Yes. But what I was wondering, though, because I don't have a lot of access to people who think that, like you do, and I can't afford to go outside of my insurance that I have available. Sure. Um, if I contract, contract this thing, con- contract covid I have the home test and all that stuff. I got packages yes. of those. Yes. What? How much should I be treating myself with ivermectin? I mean, I'm. Uh, what's What's the dosage and how often? Was it once a day, twice a day? So, uh, so this is on. This is also on the um, the um, uh, FLCCC website. Um, so you can get the directions there. But I'll basically just read what they say for prevention: zero point two milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Um, twice weekly for prevention and 0.4 milligrams per kilogram daily for five days for treatment. Good. I'm glad to know what that dosage is, and I'll start using it as a preventative now. I called my sister who's a nurse practitioner and tried to get her to listen to your show, and she says, well, she's she's with that whole group about saying there's nothing to any of this, that it's all... Voodoo science she, and all that. I said, I said, listen, you know what? You're an educated woman. Why don't you just listen to it and uh, and go to the website and look at the different information that's available and then make up your mind. Yeah, so. she should read the articles. That's what I did. I didn't believe it at first. When I saw the orange man on stage in 2020 say that hydroxychloroquine works, I thought, what a big fat liar. But <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I thought it for a year because um, the powers that be did a really good thing. They hid that article about hydroxychloroquine. It was published in March of 2020, and he was correct. And when I finally found it a year ago, I started prescribing hydroxychloroquine because it proved in that study that there was a 75% reduction in mortality. Well, one of the things, too, that you make a point of, that the study, some of the studies that have been done, especially with ivermectin, have been where they waited until a person had been infected for uh, more than four or five days when it's yes. not going to have the effect. There's something you have to start in the very beginning as soon as you recognize that that there is that uh, an infection has occurred, so that you can prevent it from furthering itself. That's true. And hydroxychloroquine may work the same way, but there's a really nice thing about hydroxychloroquine, and that is that it's an anti-inflammatory. We use it to treat things like lupus, and COVID is an inflammatory illness, and so. Even if hydroxychloroquine isn't antiviral, and it may be because it is anti-malarial, it has these uh, um, um, anti-metabolite activities, um, it may just be a good anti-inflammatory that prevents you from going into full tilt COVID inflammatory shutdown. It stops the cytokine storm. So at one time you were on your show back uh, some time ago, you were talking about a product that you bought that was uh, or you, you that was available that one should take for um, uh, any kind of uh, uh, infection that was um, effective. It's over the counter um, and it's uh, per- oh, um, an herbal, 
Um, I, yeah. I like an herbal combination that includes andrographis. Andrographis is an amazing antiviral herb. And I use a combination that has some um, Baptisia and um, uh, Isatis in it. Um, and th that three herb combination is really uh, very amazing. It's called Virographis, um, if you can find it. That's what I wanted to know, the name of it, Virographis. Virographis. But if you can't find Virographis readily available, you can get Andrographis at the local health food store. And that is also very good alone. Well, thank you very much for that. And thank you for the show. You're, doing You're a, so welcome, Clay. Service to the community. If only people would listen. If they would. And I think a lot of people are listening, Clay. Peace be upon you. Stay healthy. And you. Happy Memorial Day. So um, we're getting close to the end here, but I'll just refresh everyone's uh, memory. This is WMNF Tampa. And the phone number is 813-239-9663. Text 813-433-0885 or email us dj at wmnf.org. I would love to engage a bit more before we end this show. Um, in the meantime, um, uh, Clay and Simon brought up some really good points. Jeff actually um, just uh, again um, uh, texted. He wants to say thanks for all the work. Uh, all he wants is the truth. And that's what he wants from his media, the truth. Thank you. And I agree. Um, truth is what I'm about. I am a truth warrior. I am not an anti-vaxxer. I am not um, a, a uh, anti-medical establishment, except when it makes me question what the heck it's doing. And I'm glad that we have another caller. Gwen, how are you? I'm fine, Dr. Um Harvey, I have uh, what I hope is a quick question for you. I think you said uh, uh, early in the show that they are still vaccinating us with the stuff that worked earlier in the pandemic, but those um, the the the, the uh, organisms that were around earlier aren't even around anymore. So if I were to go get a booster now. It would be for organisms that aren't even circulating now, right? That is totally correct. They um, have uh, been using um, a, a uh, shot. The mRNA um, is for a spike protein from the uh, what Trump called the Wuhan flu, um, the WA something variant, which was the first one to go circulating. Um, and so we've had the um, British version, follow that, followed by the Delta, followed by Omicron. There were several others in there that came and went, um, but they aren't circulating. Right now, it's 99.06% Omicron, 0.94% others. Beta, I think, is the only one that's out there of any great amount. And so what we're looking at here is I don't understand why it is they don't start making new shots because they uh, have the, the ability to do it for influenza vaccines every year. Every year, they come up with a new one. And we're now two years out from the first uh, mRNA shot. So why haven't they made a new one that covers one of the new variants? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, if they can ramp it up for flu, why don't they ramp it up for this? And I've been, I'm getting on a, on a train in two weeks, and I was trying to wait, thinking that the vaccine would be updated 
to protect me against what's circulating now. And you're saying not true. <laughs> Correct. And what we know about the fact that you got vaccinated already is that you have almost 0% chance of dying from this and probably less than a 4% or 3% chance of getting even serious illness. Hospitalization goes down almost to zero in people that have had vaccines or prior infection. And in fact, prior infection is better at preventing hospitalization than the vaccination. And there's no difference between prior infection, whether you're vaccinated or not. So prior infection is the most powerful intervention you can have. Okay. And I went out early and got my tube of ivermectin from the... Oop, I've lost you, Gwen. Yep, Gwen seems to have been cut off. But it sounds like she was um, she got her um, ivermectin from the feed store. And so that would require some calculation on dose because it's, it's not made for humans. And there's other stuff in there that might help you have some loose stools because they want it to go through the horses quickly, I think. Um, so um, you may want to actually just call up one of your uh, 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 um, ivermectin clinics and consider doing that. So um, we're coming down to the last minute here, and I want to thank all of my very educated and interested listeners, and, and thank you for the engagement today. Um, it's been an excellent discussion, and um, considering what's been going on uh, and how much stress we have been subjected to over these past years, um, I would like to talk about PTSD on our next show and explore that with you. So until next week, everyone have a lovely Memorial Day. Enjoy some sun today and I will talk to you in a week. phones and board today and if Clark is on the phones thank you Clark this is WMNF Tampa